0: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nyson. This show, the recap of Tour de France Stage 4, is brought to you by our show partner, Lacole, who produced performance cycling apparel. We cover every World Tour race. We obviously therefore cover every Tour de France stage. Doesn't matter. This is still a triple emergency, triple warning podcast. You'll find out in a second, but wow, the memes are flowing already on twitter but before we jump into today's pod i just want to let you know a couple of things you can do to help out the podcast they've got a lot of views on these youtube videos if you're watching there which is great but not too many of you are subscribed like 80 percent aren't subscribed so if you can subscribe to that channel or like the video it makes a big difference to us your prospective sponsors etc they look at those sort of things rather than the views unfortunately and there's our ko-fi link where you can donate directly to the podcast which supports things like audio or Sound engineering, etc. but the biggest supporter of this podcast is our show partner Locole. They produce performance cycling apparel that's made in Italy. They have the project Aero McLaren collaboration. You can check that out if you're wanting to get some fast kit for racing, but if you're just riding around in summer, mountain climbs etc, they've just launched their lightweight collection which will help you stay cool in summer on long rides. It's made of breathable fabrics and light ma- lightweight materials. If you want to get 20% off, you can use our code LRTDF20. That's LRTDF20, all caps, which will get you 20% off all the items. So thanks to Lacole for supporting the podcast. This was supposed to be a regulation sprint stage, and thank God it turned out to be from Redon to Forgare. I've been struggling with the pronunciation of that village for a couple of weeks now. 150 Ks, no categorized climbs one intermediate sprint with 36 kilometres to go. And, uh, yeah, it was a peaceful day, no crashes, just really good it from that aspect. There was uh, mooted overnight, supposed to be a, was there going to be a rider protest, 50K neutralisation, 10Ks, and then it got whittled down eventually to uh, like a minute or two and then they stopped, I think, out of the neutral zone. Uh, but, yeah, we'll talk about more about that afterwards and the safety ramifications coming out of, yesterday stage. But there was a break, Benji. It looked a bit like a suicide break, Mikhail share and Kung style stage 10 last year. But maybe give people a bit of background about who Brent Van Moore is.
1: Yeah, Brent Van Moore and Pierre-Luc Perichon in the breakaway. Pierre-Luc Perichon known as a rider that goes in the breakaway a lot from the history, but Brent Van Moore, one of the stage winners at the Dauphine, in a fashion where he has such a strong solo ride and he tends to use the uh, rolling Terrain very well for himself to try and keep the gap to a, a storming Peloton very highly and he tried the same in the Ron von Limburg and got sent the wrong way with a good a uh, few kilometers to go and therefore lost that race unfortunately, which was uh devastating. And today that breakaway looked like they weren't gonna make it because like two riders up the front, that's like, yeah, it's it's usually something easy to control in the Peloton. And they went towards the intermediate sprint, no K points available today, so Edis Skelling was chilling in the back. And then Von takes that in the breakaway. And in the peloton, we see that it's honestly a masterpiece from one team. We get an entire setup where I think Evdéje is being put at the front with Demar really trying to get points there. We see Brelli moving to the front. And we see Merku and Cavendish not really at the front. We see them in like seventh, eighth position. Until we get to the section before the intermediate sprint, that goes slightly downhill. And then I go slightly uphill towards an intermediate sprint. And Mercu sees that, and he uses that downhill speed that the others are looking around a bit to try and pass everybody on the right side of the road with Cavendish on the wheel perfectly following the wheel, takes over everybody, and goes into the final stretch basically delivering Cavendish on a platter for the intermediate.
0: Sprint. He had to break. <laughs> he, <basically, laughs> like he had to basically break, but then he's like, because he's the master. And this is why some people put, put, them, put him in their VeloGames teams because they're, you know, he can take intermediate sprint points and he tries to then take the next place after Cavendish. I think Buani pipped him because yep. he started decelerating so much. But that was perfection. They kind of stuffed it up a little bit yesterday at the intermediate sprint, but they got it right today. And it was that was ominous signs for uh the later sprint because I guess with with Ewan out, he abandoned yesterday, Demar looking completely off, and Alperson, are they gonna go for Merlier or Phillips? And they won with Merlier yesterday. Quick step were looking like the favorites, I think, for that sprint quite rightly. But uh, yeah, the, the race pretty much petered along. It was nice, Benji, to be able to relax it seemingly in yeah, quiet.
1: Yeah, oddly quiet because in the peloton it felt too quiet because we kept that gap with the breakaway and they kept it towards a 45 seconds for a long margin there. But at a certain point, we had Van Moor dropping Pierre Luc in the final 10 kilometers. Well, f- I think 14 kilometers to go somewhere is where he uh dropped. Your boy Perichon. And the gap was still 45 seconds. And you know that when you see a peloton where the second rider in the peloton is Lotto Sudel and there's five riders next to each other at the front, then the tempo is not being set by a, a sprint team like the DSM that takes over with 15K to go and usually disappears in the last two kilometers. That wasn't happening today. You didn't have that. Team that was taking over. You even had Ineos sitting at the front trying to keep their leader safe there, for example. So the tempo was not set by sprint teams trying to catch those breakaway riders as much as possible. Well, the breakaway rider was left Van Moore. And he ended up using those rolling hills very, very well to increase his gap to the Peloton to a minute at roughly 10 kilometers to go. And I was like, are they really underestimating this man after the two races he did? In the last month?
0: Because it Teller
1: looked like it.
0: yeah. And after Breakaway Master himself, Thomas de Gent, crowned him on Twitter as the next Thomas de Gent. So not a man to be trifled with. And then there was that, I'm not sure if you mentioned Benji, that was that Belgian race they sent him the wrong way. He was going to win that too. So he's, yeah, crazy strong, Brent van Moor. And the thing about Quickstep at this Tour de France is they don't have the full lead-out train. They, They got Merku, obviously, and De clerk who doesn't really do the lead-out, but they don't have the Seneschal de Lampard who can really control things from like 3Ks out and build a high speed like we saw in uh, Paranese Stage 5, for example. I talk about that perfect lead-out all the time where it's Ballerini, Cataneo trying to do that job, and then Asgren, and it's pretty much then Mercu on his own. So Philippe had to get involved in the lead-out just like he did in Tour de la Provence. But just going back a bit, the teams we, we saw presenting, as Benji said, weren't the ones you'd expect. And I was like, are they getting a bit complacent here? 10Ks to go, a minute. 8Ks to go, 58 seconds. 7Ks to go, like 55 seconds. 5Ks to go, 52 seconds. And it was, I think, Quebec Assos. And I want to give a big shout-out to Lotto Siddharth firstly, to Harry Sweeney. Yeah. And I think it was Tosh van der Sunder, might have been Dubois, Sorry if I got you guys wrong. They were blocking, doing an excellent job blocking and messing up that chase. Like the as legal well.
1: blocking, by the way.
0: Yes, like, we got to
1: keep it real here. Like the legal blocking, where they try and sit in second wheel so that the first rider, when he yeah. uh, flicks his elbow to take over, he's staring into the eyes of a lot of rider that says, "No way, yeah. damn it!" And the gap was indeed fifty seconds with five k to go, and that's where we saw an interesting thing with Groupama taking over quite highly. And we saw Delia as well for the team of Alpsin also at the front. And the tempo started increasing, but then suddenly Ala Philippe started taking over. And I think one rider ahead of him, but I'm not sure who it was. I think Devin ends but I could be completely wrong here. And they started hammering it up this false flat uphill section where Van Moor was starting to hurt. And you could see it. And... Certainly, the gap went from 50 seconds to 30 seconds. I got a, I got a heart attack at that moment. And like two <laughs> seconds later, it was back at 45 seconds. Italian time yeah, gaps. Yeah, I didn't know what was going on anymore. And I was like, he has it. He doesn't have it. And it kept on going. It kept on going. And oh
0: my God, it became very close in the end, didn't it? I was thinking Alpes and Phoenix. I was like, guys, don't you want to take control here? Like you've got... I thought they should be going for Molière. Apparently, they'd said they were going for Phillips and they got Van der Poel, Ricard. They got three strong guys to do the lead out. And they had Murissa, I think, doing some controlling duties before then. And they didn't really ever take control. It was mainly Alaphilippe, as you said, punching up that climb. And then it cut back to. So we didn't see, unfortunately, the full shot of what was happening in the peloton because of the Existence of Brent Van Noor up the road. <laughs> we saw a lot of teams actually. There's a corner, the, the one I think like 400 ks to go, maybe a bit bit longer 400 I, ks 400k 400, <laughs> 400 i I'm too excited. <laughs> I, I, t- I saw a total energy rider on the front. I was like, that is not good news for anybody, yes, indeed. But anyway, it's Merlier. I do not know really what Matthew van der Poel was doing to be honest. Uh, van der Poel. I don't think he's a good lead-out man, frankly, and I've said that before. My honest opinion is he's a bad lead-out man. and He kind of half did, half didn't do the lead-out today, and it's almost a stage he would have been a great shout to win. But we see Brent van Moor, 400 metres to go. We can see the peloton this long shot, this false flat drag coming really quickly, and you know the speed differential is going to be huge. 350, he's got a three-second gap, 300 metres. He's still got a nice 100-metre gap, and then 225, 200 metres to go. We see Merlier. Dropping off Phillipson, not the other way around. Cavendish gets blocked a bit by Brent Van Moor, who gets caught coming back to the group. Case Bowl, one of the quickest men on his day, he's coming out of Cavendish wheel with a clean, like clean line to the run to the line, slight right-hand bend. Phillipson's taking the shortest line through the bend, and Cavendish comes out of his wheel on this uphill drag with about 50 meters to go and passes Phillipson buani coming through for second and mark cavendish hashtag have to the tour started as a meme mission complete winning his first tour de france stage since like 2016 or i don't know how long he's had epstein bar virus changed teams terrible crashes where he hurt his back i remember one of them was really bad He hit some road furniture he's come to quick step apparently he had Not ideal preparation. Didn't know if he was even going to the tour. They don't even have the full lead out. And he didn't really have Merku, to be honest, in the last 500. He was surfing wheels himself. And what a uh, uh, speechless honor, honestly, Benji, because he he won easily. Yes, certainly. And I think it also
1: was, we always say Merku does a lot for the sprinter, but here he was staying in some other wheel. He was brought to that position perfectly, but the sprint he had to do himself. And he got over Phillipson quite easily in the last stretch i do remember this final from somewhere i think he won here before but i'm not sure about it i recall here didn't he like beat bosan hagen here a few years ago i could be completely wrong but the finish looked very similar nonetheless cavendish wonderful but is the story really done or is he going to get to that 34 of eddie medics
0: and (laughs) he actually could (laughs) he actually could
1: could. (laughs) and he could take the green jersey
0: Dude, he's in the green jersey right now. I'll do the I'll do the results because we always forget because we're because we're useless. Cavendish first, Buwani second, Phillipson third. We'll talk about Alpcin in a second. Matthews fourth, Sagan fifth. He again Sagan sprints to the line. He never sits up because he wants to get as many points as possible. Bowl sixth, Laporte seventh, Pedersen eighth, Van Poppel ninth, Grivel tenth. Van der Poel kept sprinting and finishing that group. Finished twelfth. Very very odd. Uh, good to see Grivel at the top ten, but. Notable absentees, I guess, Merlier, who did the lead out, and Demar 46th, I guess you got him in the pass because of the crash yesterday, but FTJ were working. So a little bit odd yeah. for Demar. Um but I guess you can't form any definitive conclusions yet. And Wout van Aert didn't sprint, Benji. Did that surprise you?
1: Not really. I think that at the moment, Jumbo does not really have the uh, ability to uh, have Wout van Aert sprint because he's going to... Have to do a lot for the team in the coming weeks. I can assure you that because they lost Hesink. Everybody in their team basically fell except for him. So he's going to play a much more important role and this will influence his freedom. I don't believe they should have him sprint. He should be imprisoned, like not literally, but imprisoned for Roglic or nah, I potentially now. as co leader right now due yeah. to the uh, distance that Roglic is behind. Just to put pressure, stage seven, the one you said at the preview back in the day, that's what's possible and he can definitely potentially. Take yellow in the time trial.
0: I think that's why he didn't go for the sprint today, just because, you know, also Yumbo were licking their wounds after yesterday. Roglic did start. I mean, he put up that photo on Instagram. I mean, he's almost not a bit of dark humor in that. <laughs> he's half naked. He looks terrible, the poor Bo. So respect to Roglic for continuing, but he looks so banged up that it, it makes sense for Yumbo uh, Visner to not put all their eggs in one basket. And, um, but yeah. but but but
1: let's talk about it. Absolute heartbreak though for Brent van moor Like I remember some of these like historical moments where you've got Kaiser winning, Joy for cycling fans globally. Was <laughs> it in the Tour of Turkey back in the day? Yeah. And then we've got Tony Martin, I think, in a Vuelta stage at some point where he he's caught in the final like hundred meters just before yeah. the line in a final sprint. Might have been the Tour. This reminded me from that, and oh, it's it's terrifying it's terrifying (laughs) and like i'm so sad for cavendish i'm being attacked by a fly while while saying this that's why i'm like acting weird but hey we've got such happiness for cavendish but i'm so traumatized (laughs) by what happened before the the catching of uh of (laughs) bernie van moore it's it's i went from being extremely extremely disappointed to super happy in the in this in a few seconds
0: Generally. Yeah, exactly. At least Roller there was coaster. at least there was one rider, you know, who was then super excited afterwards. Cavendish, you know, break, he broke down into tears, super emotional, hugging everybody. Good job, Alaphilippe, leading him out. I guess he's in green right now. Uh, he's about seven points ahead of his teammate. Sagan is on forty-eight points. Cavendish could honestly win green. And Merlier's not really been going for the intermediates. He's on 50 points. So, And then Merlier lost points today. Let's talk about Alperson Phoenix. Oh, sorry, GC, no changes. Dan still in yellow for TT tomorrow. And Alperson going for Philipson. I know it's a slightly uphill finish, like the one won at the Vuelta. It's a uh, good idea. Really? You know why?
1: Merlier should leave on the first rest day and try and obtain what Ewan was trying to get. Go to the Vuelta, win a stage win a stage in every Grand tour in 2021 perfect goal for the season
0: true and he's not doing olympics and he's what's he, what's he gonna do he can go do bing Bang tour i guess and he or was that, over, that overlap with the Vuelta? maybe he can he like, leave, leave the Vuelta too early and go do this bing-pang.
1: also <laughs> this also adds to philipson you know because he's got this opportunity now we've been talking about his signing for Alperson for the entire year why did he sign there does he get more opportunities not really right now he got an opportunity they actually gave him the opportunity of going for a Tour de France stage. That's great. I feel like if you take out Merlier and send him to the Velta for at one stage, despite the parkour of the Velta fitting Philipson more, in my opinion, then I do have the feeling that you're giving Philipson at least his Tour de France where you can gain more. But then again, so many flat sprint stages, though, for Merlier. So it's a combination of not being sure, really. And then I'm also asking, Tim Merlier, he's likely going to be selected for the Belgian team for the World Championships parkour fits in perfectly for in the team though but if Fanard was not in that team i would put him as a as a heavy outsider for that race
0: see I, I disagree i think it's the tour de france this is not a participation swimming carnival you go with the best Eddie guy mercs on the finish. podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like Maliz, i don't care that he won yesterday he won yesterday because he's fucking fast and he's faster than Philipsen. He's bigger. I think when he actually accelerates, he can get guys out of his wheel, the likes yep. of Cavendish who were here, whereas Phillipson couldn't. And he provided that draft the whole way to Cavendish. We saw it at Tour of Turkey. Cav slapped Phillipson around. He won four stages, and Phillipson was there. I think yep. if you want to win as many stages as possible, I think Alperson would be like, we won a stage with Van der Poel, got him in yellow. Melia won yesterday. It's all gravy. Give Phillipson a chance. and listen. They can do what they want to do. They're killing it right now, opposite Phoenix. But I just think Merlier was actually performance wise the better option for today. Tomorrow, uh, tomorrow stage. I don't know it's. I get what you're saying though, Benji. You know, you probably they've made some promises. I'm sure to him during when they signed him to actually give him opportunities. So good that they're not breaking their word. Tomorrow stage, we already pr- sort of. Shattered it a little bit. 27 Ks from Chang'e to Laval, the first ITT. Some of the contenders for it are banged up. Roglic and Thomas, who we thought would do well. It's not flat. I know you might think it looks flat. It's not. It's got like 300 meters elevation. That is not a flat TT. There's 1 K, 5% climb, sort of punchy sections as well. It's why I think Wavanagh took today off. um, I think if there wasn't a TT tomorrow, it might have been up there. But I think I, I said Kung for the TT. I still feel good about Kung Top Three for sure, but yeah, between Kung and Wealth and Art tomorrow.
1: Hmm. I had Bissiker written down for this because I haven't seen a long time trial from him yet. And I was curious how he's gonna do it. On paper he's good at prolongs. And his average length ones are really good as well. But we haven't seen in long ones, so it's a bit of a, a difficult bet this one. In the Tour de Suisse, he was uh oh he was looking good as well, but I think that I also, want to look at like outsiders because, like, we're talking about Vanad. Obviously, for me, Vanad is a favorite for this time trial. I gotta be honest with that. And I think that when it comes to the yellow jersey, he's likely taking it. But I do want to think about the fact that Ala Philippe is now significantly in front of Vanad in that time trial uh, in the GC right now.
0: Do you think what, that? What's the gap? Is it so Ala Philippe's on 20- eight seconds? So it's t- it's 23 More. seconds between Alaphilippe and Van Aert. That's close, isn't it?
1: It's, I think it's just too close to yeah. keep yellow with Alaphilippe. But he's definitely setting himself up there. And Alaphilippe's time trials have not been bad at all this season. So I think that Alaphilippe could make a move here to take distance on riders that could potentially end in the top five to make sure he can survive for that potential top five in the mountains itself in this Tour de France. So this could be a very important stage for him. When it comes to Roglic and Thomas, we've got two riders that are semi-injured, as in they were hurt yesterday and we don't have a clue if that's going to have a severe influence on the time trial. Likely a decent one is my guess. I think that Roglic, that's going to hurt on the bike and Thomas, the shoulder, I don't have a clue. And um, I think that Pogacar is likely the the one that's looking better for the time trial to take time here on his closest competitors for GC. Carapaz, though, I think that he's going to do a decent time trial. And as a follow-up of the ones he's done in the last uh, half a year, where he's done decent time trials, not at top level, but not at a bad level. So he will be able to relatively sustain a decent GC, I think, in this time trial. But he's likely going to lose time to a Pogacar. I don't know about Roglic and Thomas, thanks to yesterday. Well, despite yesterday. Unfortunately true yesterday. That's what makes more sense.
0: Kra and Kran, so outsiders for top five or podium. Serenkra and yeah. Anderson, Alexei Lutschenko. Asgren. Asgren. Yeah, sorry, Asgren for sure. Lutschenko after the Dauphin A T T as well. Uh, Bjerg? Mgnulti? Meh. Mignalty, yes. is good. Bjerg is very inconsistent and he's he's working a lot today. Mignulti should be should be up there too. Um, Quintana's gonna lose time, Mars will lose time. I'll be incredibly surprised if if Roglish beats Pagatra in this TT. I think it's it's got to be almost impossible. Like he's his half of his skin seemed to come off yesterday, but yeah. yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, Thomas is now on one minute and seven, he can pretty much leap back up to level uh, ahead of Quintana, ahead of Mars, go to and maybe close to Pagacha. What about Uran Benji? You think he's going to be well above average? Will he beat someone like Kelderman?
1: I think that beating Kelderman will be difficult. I think that Kelderman will be making a big step in these time trials. Got this is think. where he's good at. And if Kelderman has really good time trials, he can set a basis and a foundation for a potential top five, if not more, if Oroblech and Thomas really points sure. in the time trials. So I think that is looking really good. I think that we indeed need to worry about certain people like we mentioned it i think godu chavez mas lopez lopez has very inconsistent time trials so that's what i'm worried about hikita will likely lose some time i'm guessing i don't know by yeah, heart so. how good he is in time trials but i don't think he's a uh, super excellent but i also don't think he's super uh terrible at it but i think we named the biggest favorites we already uh made a mistake i think in uh the Giro somewhere where we forgot to mention Cavanya for a trial. So let's he hope we don't though, do it did he? here.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Cause, he, Cause he crashed. He was going to win. <laughs> <laughs> so, but kind had that, that mechanical. Alaphilippe, um I think he's going to come top seven for sure. Mm-hmm. I think he's got good legs. Vanderpool, Benji, no chance. Is he going to, he'll, he'll try. Surely he'll try.
1: He'll try. He'll try to hang on. And I think he's going to be surprisingly high, but I don't think it's going to be close enough to keep the Jersey. But it might keep him in the top five and then we're looking at the stages that come after this and then it becomes really interesting. Is he going to try again on stage seven to take it back on Le Creusot? Because it's very much possible. And then we have Le Grand Bournat who probably is going to be the uh, more difficult one, even though that, yeah, probably going to be the more difficult one to keep the jersey there. But on stage seven, he could just as well take it back if he loses here. But it all depends on, what happens in those stages? If a Roglic is in trouble in that stage, what will Van Aert do? Will he wait in the yellow True. jersey on the Roglic or will he keep himself up there? So many difficult decisions are going to have to be made at Jan Dat. I wouldn't want to be in their position right now.
0: I promise that we come back to it, the protest at the start of the stage. Some more information came out. Philip Gilbert uh, made quite a nice video on YouTube, actually discussing yep. the whole situation. Very balanced and reasonable take. There are some English captions to it. It's in French. but He was basically saying... Every party is partly to blame. He said the riders also are madmen and go quick and take risks, and that was the cause of some of the crashes. He said ASO, the design of this stage, ultimately wasn't particularly safe either. But the corner I think he was referring to in the descent where Hay crashed. The teams were to blame because certain teams, quite a few, reconned the stage early and, and didn't mention anything with respect to safety, which they can do to their CPA representatives or whoever. The UCI were to blame because they didn't accept the writer's proposal to extend the three kilometer rule out to five or eight kilometers. Uh, So everyone was partly to blame. ASO, I'm glad we didn't go too hard on them yesterday, Benji, because it turns out they were uh, amenable and accepted the writer's proposal regarding the. Nonetheless, I still think that their social media activity was stupid. ASO
1: no cpa oh sorry sorry okay because
0: they you know they said listen extend the three kilometer or we don't care like whatever it was the uci commissaires yeah, that nixed it and said no you can't do that and i get that too because it's hard to change things like that that are complicated the night before a Why? Stage. they do
1: it at the tour de france at the Champs stage every year almost if it rains?
0: well they can change the change the rule the night before
1: yeah, they did it like that. The time is gonna be done at the start of the Champs Elysees section. I think two years already.
0: But I think they can do like they can. They got to set up the barriers or set up the timing, yeah. etc. So there are logistical things to yeah. take into account. Maybe maybe it is you know UCI being being that the thing is there's not a provision in the rules to I don't think to allow them to do that. But
1: yeah, but I would like to like talk about La Parcian's reaction though. Like he he came out and he said it's all the writer's fault. It's it's all the writer's fault like accidentally it also ends in his home village this stage Mm -hmm. so it's probably uh, leaning into his subjective opinion on that and i think that his reaction is arguably uh rubbish and uh yeah i think that brian smith named it very well on on gcn today where he was like this is a rubbish argument and it's disrespectful for the writers of which i was a part in in the past and i get that reaction because i feel like la parcian is basically uh He's the kind of guy right now that whenever they get criticism he doesn't look into the criticism he's like no 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 it's it's the other person that did it no 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 we we didn't do it it's not our fault it's the other person and the fact that they're arguably blaming the most important stakeholder in the sport the cyclists that easily without even considering a poten- potential blame on themselves a tiny bit is what is sad for the sport
0: it's pretty simple his response it's We're constantly trying to improve the safety for the riders. We've introduced the – what was that? They introduced the rule where the person checks the course, Benji. They've done that. It was introduced earlier. Um, We we are open to, you know, adjusting flexibility for the three-kilometer rule, et cetera. We're happy to look into that and, you know, condolences to all the riders injured in yesterday's crash. You can say that. That's completely non-committal as well. That's also not saying, you know, we did anything wrong either, but it's less – abrasive than just like push back, pushing back on the riders. As you said, Benji, saying, no, no, it's your fault. I think that's somewhat counterproductive. And if I was a rider reading that, it would jar me. Um, so, yeah, some of the communications could be finessed a little bit, even if you don't want to really offer up too much. Uh, but that's all from us today. Uh, hope, we hope you enjoyed the podcast. The TT tomorrow, we'll be really looking forward to seeing the results. I hope both Thomas and Roglic are in good enough condition to not lose too much time. And uh, we'll see you with the recap tomorrow. We've got Benji's PCM playthrough. Of the t- do they have TTs on PCM? Yes, they do. All right. So you will have a TT tomorrow. That'll tell you the results in advance. I'll have my YouTube oh, highlight video. Not sure about that. In a second on my YouTube channel. But we'll see you then. Ciao.